0: At Skybreak, we believe this, this is our vision statement that the life that God has for you is anything but ordinary, live fully and capture extraordinary. That's our vision. That vision comes from the scripture, John 10, 10, that says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come. That you may have life and that life more abundantly the extraordinary life that life to the full so although the enemy may mean things for evil God's going to turn something for good that he gave his life so we can live life to the fullest not this halfway life not this just getting by life not that's just scraping by doing only what you can't know life to the full, maximum fulfillment, extraordinary. How many thankful for a God that gives us life to the full that came so we could experience the fullness of life itself? However, it's the backside of the coin. Chances are many of you are living ordinary lives. It's not so fulfilling. Throughout the Bible, God has made promises to his people time and time again, over and over. And there are these promises that that still remain today. And I want to talk about four specific promises that God gave us, which clearly shows us how we are to find and live satisfied and fulfilled. How many you know what of you pro- want to know what those four promises are? Yeah? Am I up here by myself today? No, Ray, you... You're with me, huh? Not Ray, sorry. Mike, you're with me. If you're part of Skybreak, you'll know these promises by heart because we talk about them every year. In Exodus chapter six, it shows us these promises. So if you have your Bible, why don't you turn with me to Exodus chapter six. And while you're turning there, I just kind of want to set this up because as we get to exodus chapter 6 if you don't know the story of moses how many of, you, how many of you have never heard of moses before moses is was a great it's a great story of where god used someone who felt like they were completely inadequate moses was one of those people who when he was born his mother had to literally give him up to save his life you ever heard of the story or seen it as a kid on any of the cartoons where the mother puts a baby in a basket and floats it down the river? Yeah, that was Moses. His mother had to give him up. They were ordered to kill babies, and so she gave him up. He floated down the river, ended up in Pharaoh's house, which was the king, the one who ordered them to be killed. And while he's being raised in the house that tried to kill him. That's a message in itself. When the enemy tries to come take you out, God will raise you in the very same place where you thought you were gonna die, God's gonna raise you. And his mother got to even nurse him because they said, go find a nursing mother. It's a crazy story. So anyway, Moses is raised in the house, but as he's growing up, he realizes he's different. He realized, I'm not Egyptian because that's what Pharaoh was. He was Egyptian. He realized there was something different about him. And while his people that he didn't know of yet were enslaved, the Israelites, by, by Pharaoh, they were doing all this work. They had been captivated or captive, taken captive. All this thing was happening. They were be, being treated ho- horribly. And he comes to a, a point where he understands, I'm not one of them. I am an Israelite. I am, I am th- these are my people and they're enslaved. They were being beaten. They were being tormented. I mean, it, it, was, it was horrible. And Moses one day came, became so angry of how they were treated. He ended up killing one of the soldiers because of how bad he was treating his people. And then he fled. I'm giving you a quick flyby. he fled for 40 years, went and lived with his father-in-law, tended sheep. That's a message in itself. Son-in-law working for his father-in-law, the in-laws and outlaws. works for him, tins of sheep. God shows up to Moses on the other side of a mountain in a desert in a burning bush. Have you ever heard the burning bush? That was the burning bush encounter. Moses is, is, is talking to God. He walks up, sees this bush burning, but it's not being consumed. As he steps on the ground, the voice cries out, Moses, take your sandals off. You're walking on holy ground. And then Moses begins to get instructions by God, which then he begins to argue with God. It's really great to do that, by the way. He begins to contemplate with God. God's telling Moses, I want you to go free my people. And he's like, yeah, but I can't. I got a speech impediment. How am I gonna do this? I can't talk right. I'm inadequate. God says, I will be with you. He says, matter of fact, take your staff, throw it on the ground. He does all these things. He said, I want you to show that before Pharaoh. So they go before Pharaoh, tells Pharaoh, hey, God said, the Lord said, let my people go. And Pharaoh laughs, says, hey, get out of here. Why are you bothering them? They need to get back to work. He then takes away the straw that they are to make bricks with, and all this stuff begins to happen worse. He goes back to God, and God's like, go back again. This was all part of God's plan, by the way. God said that he would harden Pharaoh's heart. Why would God do that? because he wanted to show Pharaoh who was really king. So then Moses goes back after contemplating once again yet with God. And while God is talking to him, this gives you to Exodus chapter six that we're gonna read today. It says, then the Lord told Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. When he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let the people go in fact he will force them to leave his land god said to moses i am yahweh the lord i appeal appeared to abraham to isaac and to jacob as el shaddai god almighty but i did not reveal my name yahweh to them and i reaffirmed my covenant with them under its terms i promised to give them the land of canaan where they were living as foreigners you can be sure that i have heard the groans of the people of israel who are now slaves to the Egyptians, and I am well aware of my covenant with them. God does not forget his promises. Verse six, this is what I want us to really dive into today. Therefore, this is what God is telling Moses to say, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord. God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt, I will bring you into the land. I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am I want to talk to you today from the title, This Is For You. Why don't you just tell your neighbor that today? Say, hey, this is for you. This is for you. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you're already doing in our hearts today. I thank you for your word that is so powerful. I thank you, Lord, that today as we dive into these promises, the things that you've set before us all the way back in the old testament the promises that you had said that you were going to do for your people i pray lord today that you would reveal yourself in a special way jesus we didn't come to just say we came to church but we showed up today to have an encounter with you to have a meeting with you to have a divine appointment with you i know god that we've walked in here maybe carrying some stuff We walked in here feeling burdened, but God, we thank you that you can lift that heavy weight. You have us right in the palm of your hand. You know the hairs on our head. You know us all by name, that you formed us in our mother's womb. You created us in our our mother's innermost being. So God, speak to us today. Reveal yourself to us today. Let us see who you are to us. Refresh our soul. Refresh our minds. Fresh our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated. As we dive into this passage, I want to reveal to you what God said is for you. The first promise that we see in this passage in Exodus chapter six is in verse six itself. And this is what it says. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you're not normally a note taker, today's a day, you're gonna really wanna take notes. I'm gonna give you a lot of content and a lot of scripture. Exodus chapter six, verse six, the first promise that God gives, he says this, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the bondage of the Egyptians. So what we see here in Exodus chapter six is the very first promise that God wants to get you out. God is saying, I, I just want to get you out of where you are right now, your condition, your situation out of your failures, out of your brokenness, out of your addictions, out of wherever you are finding yourself right now. I just want to get you out. How many are thankful for a God that says, I just want to get you out of where you're at? I don't want to leave you where you are. This is the first promise that God extends to his people that he just wants to get you out. He wants to get you out. The second promise that we see in Exodus chapter six is in also verse six, where he says, I will free you from being slaves. So the second promise to write this down is God wants to free you. Well, okay, pastor, that don't make sense if he wants to get me out. Isn't that also freeing me? Let me explain what God is meaning by this. God had to get his people out of slavery, but then he had to get slavery out of them. He said, you're still thinking like a slave. You're still acting like a slave. You're still talking like a slave. You're reverting back to the ways that it once was. And even though you don't have a master, the stuff in your life is still telling you what to do. So you need to be free from those things. So God wants to get you out. Then God wants to free you. Got to get get out all that junk out of your life. Got to get it out. of you, So you stop thinking like a sinner. So you stop acting in the way that you once act before you accepted Christ. I got to free you. I got to get this out of you. Then the third promise that God gives us is in Exodus. Also six, chapter six, verse six, he says, I will redeem you. So the third promise is that God wants to redeem you. He wants to redeem you. Now, what does redeem mean? Redeem means to put back to the original intent. God created you and designed you for a certain purpose, and God wants to get you back to that purpose of why you exist. But so often we get off track we lose our way we think we know what's best turn to your neighbor and say you thought wrong sometimes you know i like to tell you i like for you to say things to your neighbor that you wish you could say but i'll say it for you and then you can just tell us "Well, my pastor says say it To so you're like i've been trying to wait to tell my spouse that anyway we're going to move on too often we we lose our way we get off track and Sadly there there's been a study that showed that 87% of Christians Christians not people in the world no 87% of Christians never get to this third promise because they get stuck never truly getting free from the junk that has accumulated in their life their life before Christ they never fully get it out of them they never fully release it to God and they never find their way to the place where God says, I want to redeem you, they get stuck. There are two great days in your life, someone said, and that is the day you were born and then the day you found out why, the day you discover why you exist. And the promise number three is meant to show you why you exist. Then we, as we get through more of Exodus chapter six, we get to verse seven, and we see the fourth promise that God has established to his people. Exodus chapter six, verse seven says, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know somebody say, then you will know that I am the Lord who brought you out. So the fourth promise that God is saying to us is that God wants to make you a people. Now, I want you to see something from this point on. God calls them constantly a people, His people. He doesn't no longer call them individually, He calls them a people. And you see, the first three promises are made to you as an individual, but the fourth promise is collective. He connects us to a group, He makes us a family, He calls us the church, the body of Christ. And so I want to show you today how we define these four promises to you as a church. This is this is our mission for every one of you. When you step foot through these doors, this is our mission. if you you, if you've been here any length of time, you've heard us talk about this. or you know this. But the first one is this, and that is to know God. Our mission and God's promise is for you to know him. He just wants to save you and get you out so you can begin a relationship with him. He wants you to know God. Where's it at? Know God. The second thing is he wants you to find freedom. Somebody say find freedom. So you're saved. You know, God, but now we've got to get your stinking thinking. your stinking acting. We got to free you from that. You got to be free from the slavery mindset. And this is what small groups are for. This is why you get connected with other believer, believers, getting meaningful relationships so you can have support when you're walking through situations. So you can work out these things together. That way you can say, "You're screwed up, too? Man, Let's do this together. I don't want to be screwed up all by myself. That don't help me, none. So that's the second thing. wants to find freedom. The third thing is to discover purpose. This is our mission. For you to discover purpose, God wants to restore you back to the original intent and design you, show you the design He has for your life. To know, why was I born? A question that everyone in their life at some point asks Why am I even here? Why do I exist? So that's the third mission and the third promise. The fourth one is to make a difference. To make a difference. Living life to the full, you—you you will never find complete joy and capture the extraordinary life into you, you. Using your gifts to make a difference, you will never find it. When you live a life that is all about you, me, my, and mine, and you start singing that song, I want to talk about me, want to talk about I, want to talk about number one, oh me, oh my, what I think, what I like, what I want, what I have, what I see. I don't, this is why I don't join the worship team. This is where when you make a difference, when you're making a difference, when you're using what God has given you to make a difference, your life, you begin to find that extraordinary life when you're using your gifts on a team and you're doing what God has designed you to do. That's God's promises. to Every one of us, all of us. And so can I tell you, if your life isn't so fulfilling, then it's time that you reclaim these promises back in your life. It's time for you to come get them back. Why don't you tell your neighbor, say, this is for you. Tell your other neighbor, your second choice, say, this is really for you. I've been telling you this. The Bible tells us, and we learned this last Sunday, Easter, I talked about it pretty heavily. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. You did nothing to earn it, it's saying. You can't deserve it. You don't deserve it. It is the gift. Of God so God says I'm gonna give salvation to you that is a free gift I'm gonna hand it to you you can't earn it you don't deserve it there's nothing you can do to get it I am giving it to you this is for you all you have to do your first step is to believe that's it believe the Bible says that to just surrender last weekend again 97 people Took that step. It says, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to surrender my life. And they invited Jesus to be Savior and to be Lord. So if salvation is free, then why does the Bible then all the time talk about the things I'm supposed to do? Somebody like, Yes, I've had doubts. I've got questions. Let's talk about it. We should understand that there is grace and there are works of every believer. Jesus gives us the gift of salvation. He erases our past. That's where grace comes in. We, we get a fresh start. Thank you, Jesus. That we get to start over. And then we begin this process of becoming a fulfilled Christian. But he doesn't want us to mix the two grace and works. You can't mix them. This is why Paul talks about this in, in Philippians chapter 2. He says, Work hard. Somebody say, Work hard. Some of y'all want to tell your neighbor this, but I'm going to let you look straight. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Not not work hard to get saved. That's not what it says. Not say do all this, cross your your T's, dot your I's, and then get saved. No, it says work hard to show, to show the results of your faith. To show the results of your salvation in other words now it's time to get to work it's time to get to work on some things in your life that need changing and let me tell you all of us need some changing all of us paul goes on to say or the 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 writer of philippians goes on to say Philippians chapter two, verse 13 says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So now the change can begin and it can begin now. And this is where the work begins. When you accept Christ, now the work begins because salvation is instant happens in a moment. But but being changed is a process the, the, the biblical word, the theological word is called sanctification. Some of you are like, what is that? No, sanctification is is being made new in Christ every day. It is a process every day of your Christian walk from the day now that you accepted Jesus to the day that you breathe your last breath. It is sanctification happening every day, change happening every day, being developed into a fully devoted follower of Christ is happening every single day. Every day you get better. Every day you make a mistake. Every day you fail. But guess what? You get back up, you dust your knees off, and you keep walking by faith and not by sight. You keep holding the hand of Jesus. And it is a daily process. It is a daily journey. God says, I'll give you the new desires to live by. You're like, I don't really feel like living like this. Guess what? God will give you the desires. And the Holy Spirit's going to give you the power to do it. But guess what? You got to do the work. God can't do the work for you he already did his part now you got to do the work you got to put in some some effort your faith has to begin in action so we, if we understand this we are a three three-part being we are body which is the physical part of you the house that you live in the bible calls it the temple of god that, that we are that, that this is his temple the body likes to eat though amen to that Thank you somebody praise the lord jesus and i like to cook too because i like to eat started a new diet just this week lord jesus i had to die to my preferences these love handles don't just go away by prayer i wish they did you've got the power gift of prayer come on come pray for me thank you jesus but you see your body likes to eat your body has lusts your body has Desires it has unhealthy appetites, and if your body is in charge, and guess what, you're going to end up with a life that you really don't like. The second thing is we are a soul that is your mind, your will, your emotions. This is the soul is our feelings, like how we feel. I'm this is how I feel. It's our thoughts, and can I tell you, you don't want your soul man leading your life either. Because feelings and emotions lie. Well, I just don't feel like it. That don't mean you ain't doing it. I had this conversation with my son today. Well, I don't really feel like it. Well, there's a lot of things I don't feel like doing either, but I'm doing it, ain't I? We do it because we know we're supposed to, because we need to. We need it for us. Because if if you if you let your soul lead your life, it's gonna wind up with a life that you wished a lot that you live differently, a life that you really don't want to live. The third thing is we are spirit. This is the eternal self, which is the most like God, and only humans have a spirit. My kids talk to me all the time, and you probably have this question from your kids. Will Will my dog go to heaven when he dies? I don't know. It don't have a spirit, but we're going to say it does, but right now that's what it's, we're going to say. I said you can ask God that question when you get there. But see, God made you in his image, in his likeness. He made you like him, and your spirit is eternal. Now, when you get saved, your spirit gets reborn. So you become a new creation in Christ. You, you, you get reborn, and sin is washed away, and now you can enter into God's presence. That's the beautiful part, and that is the, the beautiful promise, number one, that we get to know God. But the body and the soul hasn't taken the journey yet. My soul got saved, or my my, my spirit man got reborn, but my body has got to come on the journey. My soul has to come on the journey. And this explains why Christians can be on their way to heaven, but still have issues, still have lusts, still have habits, still have tendencies. So now we've got to get your spirit man stronger than your flesh man and your soul man. That's why you come to church every week. That's why you get into God's word as many times a day as you can. You got to get your spirit man strong because the day is coming. The Bible says where you're going to have to prove your faith. And are you ready for it? Are you going to allow your body and your soul to take lead? Because you don't want your body and your soul man in charge. They'll, They'll do a terrible job of leading your life. When your body's in charge, it doesn't care what it makes your soul feel like. It says I'll sleep with whoever I want to. I don't care if it makes me feel dirty i don't care what that looks like i'll do it because my body needs it you let your body lead your life it'll destroy it when your soul's in charge it doesn't care about what it does to the body it doesn't care at all says well i'm depressed so i'm just going to take my life i'm just going to self-harm i'm just going to do all these things because my emotions are too high i'm just going to lay in bed all day and do nothing i'm I'm just going to let my soul lead it you definitely don't want your your soul man leading your life you want your spirit man leading your life second corinthians three eighteen says it clearly it says we are being transformed not not that we were transformed the day we got saved we didn't get transformed no it says we are being transformed into his likeness from glory to glory it says so we are in the process when we get saved the body and the soul have issues and they bring them along with them so so some call that baggage some of y'all, got, when y'all go to the ticket counter and you put your bag on the weighing scale and it's over over 50 pounds and they're like, you got to take some things out, God's saying you over pounds, we got to take some out, take it out, throw it away. You can't take that through here. We all have a past that, that we don't want to let go Sometimes We want to hold on to it. And this is the main reason why we get water baptized, because we are burying our old nature so we can start fresh and start over as a new person. That's what water baptism is about. It's also about publicly declaring your faith in Jesus. It's telling the world, I am now a follower of Christ. It doesn't say I'm now a perfect follower of Christ. Because if that's the case, put me out of here. No, it's saying that I am doing everything I can. I'm going to follow Jesus day by day. I'm going to do the best I can to be be a follower of Christ. Romans 6, 4 says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, even so we also should walk in a new life. So today, guess what? We got these tanks ready. We're going to give some of you the opportunity to be baptized today. That opportunity is going to come here in just a moment. This is also why we encourage small groups. We talk about it and we talk about it at Skybreak because we want you to connect. We want you to build relationships to help you work these things out, to help work out your issues together. That's why God never talks about us by ourselves. He always talks about us in a group. He never just says you. He says a people. He says a body. He says a flock, a community, a church, the body of Christ, all are groups because none of us are complete without one another. How can the hand work without the heart? How can my eye work without the brain? We are all a part of the body of Christ. So here's the question, what are my next steps? What is my next step today? What's my next step? I want you to write these three things down. Maybe your next step today is to join a church family where you can belong, where you can serve, where you can give, where you can know, and you can be known. To join the church family, to go to growth track, to sign up on the app, to be a part of what God is doing so you can make a difference, so you can know him, so you can find freedom, so you can discover purpose, so you can make a difference. Maybe today is your first step is just to join a church family. Maybe you've been on your own lonesome and you try to get planted somewhere. Just get planted because my Bible says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish and they'll bear fruit in every season. Get planted, join a church family. Maybe your second thing, what is my next step? Maybe it's to join a small group. Maybe you've been doing life all alone. Maybe you're the lone wolf. Let me tell you, lone wolves die. Lone wolves can't make it on their own. They need pack. Where is your pack? Where's your group? Where's your people that you can call when it's late at night and something has happened and you don't know where to turn? When you find yourself in a pit and you don't know what to do and you feel like your life's in chaos. Where do you turn? Where is your pack? Where is your group? Maybe today, so you can you can sign up to join a group. That's the key to finding freedom. That's the second promise. The third thing, maybe your next step is to be water baptized. Maybe that's your next step today. Now, before baptism can happen, you must first accept Jesus as your Savior. Matter of fact, we can do that right now. Why don't you, everybody, just close your eyes for a minute. Close your eyes. We could do that right now. Maybe you've been in here. Maybe you've been coming for weeks. You're like, you know what? I want to be baptized, but I don't know Jesus yet. Or maybe you've been in coming and you're you're not sure of anything, but you're like, you know what? Jesus is the savior of the world. If he died on a cross for me, if he gave his life so I can live life to the full, if he can wash me clean, like you've been talking about, if he can forgive me of my sins, if he can make me a new creation, then I want him as my savior. I want him as Lord. The Bible says all you have to do, if you, if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, it says you, be, you shall be saved. The Bible also says, call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. So if that's you today, nobody looking around, just, just, if that's you, when I count down from three, I just want you to slip up your hand. I just want to know who I'm praying with. If that's you, ready? Three, two, one. Just lift them up. Lift them up. Lift them up. Come on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Come on, church. Let's celebrate with every person lifting their hand today. Come on. Yeah, just lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's just pray the prayer. Let's pray a simple prayer. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Welcome to my world. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for raising from the dead for me. I accept you as Lord and Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with Everybody Everybody just made a decision. People all across the room. Okay, now let me explain some things about water baptism for those that have some doubts, for those that have some questions, all the people who like all the questions. When God's people left Egypt on their way to freedom, they came across something called the Red Sea. This is the big sea that they, they had to get across. In order to be to, to leave the Egyptians who were after them coming. The waters part of the Bible said Moses placed his staff into the water, he struck the water, the waters came apart. It says that the, the Israelites went through the water, which represented a form of baptism, and then the waters closed behind them. So Paul explains this in First Corinthians. He says, Israel's crossing the Red Sea was a type of baptism. And that's important to notice because water, the water did two things. One, It cut off their past. It cut off everything that they once were, everything where they were. The second thing is, is the enemy that was chasing them was destroyed, annihilated. That's what happens in water baptism. Water baptism buries the old nature and cuts off your past, cuts it off. It is the first step of defeating the enemy who has been hounding your trail, who has been coming after you every day. The Bible even says that it's like waiting at a door prowling. The enemy is waiting to devour you at the door. Water baptism also declares your public faith and your, and in, in your faith in Christ. It's publicly declaring your faith in Jesus. It, it's kind of like, like this wedding band here. This wedding band doesn't make me, doesn't make a marriage. Doesn't say that like, oh, I'm a husband now. Like it doesn't just say that my marriage is good. No, what it says is I am married. It it shows you that I'm committed to somebody, that I've, I've made up my mind. I've chosen somebody to love. I've chosen somebody to marry. And it's letting everybody else know, hey, I got a ring on it. I liked her, so I put a ring on her to let everybody know and I try to get the best rock I could get to so you know to show people publicly hey she's taken hey he's taken you know what happens when you get baptized it's showing the same thing hey I've committed my life to Jesus I'm not perfect it doesn't mean this makes a perfect marriage no this doesn't even say it's marriage no this just says I'm committed I've made a decision and I need everybody to know it. That's what baptism does. So today is your opportunity to take that next step. Be water baptized. Acts chapter two, verse 41 says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about about 3000 were added to the church that day. I wonder how many of us in this room are about to get up out of our seat and get baptized today. 27 times in the book of Acts, believers responded when given the opportunity to be baptized. Acts chapter eight, verse 36. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. This is this guy has it right. He's asking the right question. He's not asking, why should I be baptized? He's asking, why shouldn't I be baptized? Which is my question for you today? Why wouldn't you be baptized? Turn to your neighbor and say, why not? Why not? Well, I know some of you are saying, some of you got some doubts. You got some questions. You're like, well, you know, but, but pastor, I need to pray about, about it before I get baptized. No, you don't. That's the, Christian, that's the Christian way, default of just get me out. That's the Christian excuse of, of no. No, you don't need to pray about it. It's commanded in the Bible to be obeyed. Jesus did. He did it. There ain't nothing to pray about. You don't need to pray about it. Next thing is you may say, well, I'm not prepared. I didn't bring anything. I don't have any clothes to be baptized. And, and, and well, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? We've got it all taken care of for you. We've got it all taken care of. In fact, we've got someone who's making the decision today to be water baptized, and he's gonna go first to show you exactly what to look for, exactly what's gonna happen. So why don't I help get my help today? We got Pastor Ayers and we got Dane coming today. So Dane is making the decision today to be water baptized.
1: So we've got everything you need right we've made it easy what all do we have from here? so obviously first of all you get this stylish skybreak church raised to life shirt so you get to keep you, that you get to keep that you got you get to keep that you can take it home with you as a, a memento of what God did in your life today we got shorts for you so we got that taken care of we've also got I mean when I say anything you can think of pretty much anything you can we, think got, of, underwear. we got underwear we got brawls we, we yeah. got it all we got it all Wait. Guess what? You no, up no. on my hair.
0: We can fix your hair for you. We got the hair stuff in the bathroom. Yeah, in, uh, in the blow bathroom, dryers
1: in the bathroom. Hairspray, We've got
0: product. We got You got gel for those that still slicking back like the 90s. Yeah. He <laughs> needs all combs. the gel he can get. He needs all the so gel. So we have
1: everything that you need and uh, we even got photographers there at the at the tanks to take pictures of you so you have it with your everything family. Everything you yeah, need, everything you need, we got it. You're
0: going to get prayed for? Yep. You're going to get walked out here. You're not going to do this alone. What's your excuse? We've made it easy. We've eliminated all the barriers. We've got a place for you to change. Your things are protected. We've got a security team. They're going to watch out for you. We've got everything you need. All right, y'all go ahead and get ready. Get ready. While, while they're getting ready, you may, you may say another excuse. Well, I've got my kids. I need to go pick them up. No, you don't. Your kids are being taken care of right now by some amazing Skybreak Kids volunteers who are ready and waiting, and they've got you covered. They've got it covered. They're fine. Well, you may say, well, my friends and family aren't here to see me get water baptized. Pastor Air's already ruined it for me. We got photographers at every tank taking professional photos so you can have the pictures you can show everyone you can post it on stories on Instagram and and Facebook and print it out put it on your wall we got it covered well you may say well well I was baptized as a child that's great the Bible teaches us that that is called baby dedication your parents had the right intention for your life but baptism in the Bible is a personal choice that believers make for themselves For the day when you come to your own understanding, this is who God is in my life. My relationship with him now began. I am now making the choice to go public with my faith and tell everybody and wash away my past. And today I'm gonna ask you to follow your parents' intentions for your life and make your own decision and be water baptized. Jesus was dedicated and Jesus was baptized. Follow the footsteps of Jesus. So Dane is gonna be the first to be baptized Right now, we have a little bit of his story. Pastor Eric is gonna explain.
1: So Dane wrote this in and um, gotta be honest, it's a proud moment. Dane is in my small group and um, God is really doing a work in his life. I'm so proud of him. He says a little about me. I gave my life over to God when I was in seventh grade and it was the best few years of my life. As I got older, I fell in with the wrong crowds and left the past path of Christ. I joined the military back in 2001 And I always knew God was with me in my foxhole, but never truly committed again. So I continued down a dark path. In 2021, I realized that I was an alcoholic and needed a change. I went to rehab in Kentucky where I started learning about my Lord and Savior again. I've been sober every day since May 9th, 2021. i moved down here to College Station and a buddy asked me to come to Skybreak one Sunday and it was the best choice I've made. I've been coming as much as possible and I'm in town. I've given my will and my life back over to Jesus and I've been enjoying life ever since. I started going to a small group as well as join the parking lot team. Shout out to the parking lot team. Woo-hoo! The other miracle is watching God move in my kids. They both attend Skybreak Youth. Said, I am so blessed to be a part of this family. God is good all the time. Amen.